0: the cougars are back
1: handoff squally squally runs it right gets to the five he's got the pylon he's got the touchdown oh
0: canada we're two hours away from the kickoff of byu football timing
1: pattern ends up it is caught by bushman back left pylon touchdown cougars this
0: is cougar pregame live cougar pregame live is proudly supported by ken garf honda nissan and volkswagen in orem Also by Siegfried and Jensen. Siegfried and Jensen has been helping Utah families for over 25 years. To get you ready for today's battle on the gridiron, let's join the host of Cougar Pregame Live, Ben Bagley. Good
2: evening, BYU fans. I am Ben Bagley. Welcome into Cougar Pregame Live. Tonight, BYU hosts the Rainbow Warriors from Hawaii. Hawaii comes into tonight's ballgame with a surprising 6-1 record. Not a lot of people saw that coming into the season, but there we are tonight, 6-1 Hawaii. BYU going to be their toughest battle to, to this point in the season. I don't think they faced a team yet as tough as BYU, but the Cougars are coming in at 3-3 three and three and off back-to-back losses and looking at tonight's homecoming game as an opportunity to bounce back. As always, I'm joined in the booth overlooking Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Mark Lyons is with us. Mark, how are you?
3: I'm great, man. Excited for a football game. It's been a long wait since that last one, but uh, yeah, I think Hawaii brings so many interesting things to this game tonight. So... Uh, kind of pumped up to see all the strategy changes that are going to have to be made in order to compete with Hawaii tonight.
2: Well the interesting thing is not just strategy changes about Hawaii but coming off the two straight losses Kalani Sataki said multiple times this week there's going to be changes because what's going on isn't working and let's get to some of those changes as we look at the headlines as it right here on the BYU pregame. Let's start with headline number one.
0: These are your BYU football headlines.
2: All right, Mark, headline number one, various reports throughout the week state that freshman Zach Wilson will get the start tonight for BYU. That's unconfirmed, but the reports are out there, Mark. If the reports are true and Zach does get the start for BYU, what do you expect out of the freshman tonight in in his first start?
3: Well, I do think that uh, if he does start, they're going to line him up on his first attempt, and I think he's going to throw a long one. I think he's just going to throw it out there, make sure he overthrows everybody, make sure your guy has a chance to get to it. And it's going to kind of loosen up that Hawaii defense, number one, but it's also going to put him immediately into the game. And so uh, it's a, a nice way when you have a younger player to work with. Everybody's expecting to run on first down and their short passes. I say loosen him up, throw the long one, get him into the game, and be ready to go.
2: Baptism by fire. Make sure that arm's warmed up, ready to go, and get the, get the butterflies out early.
3: Early, yeah. And So second down to get those butterflies. You'll run the quarterback draw.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Get a a big throw and a pop right out of the bat, and he's good to go, right?
3: He's ready. You do need to get that hit early to get rid of those butterflies. And and I'm thinking that he's a very confident kid, but I also think that you've got to be just a little bit on edge to come out and play your first college game as a starter.
2: Let's get to headline two. (laughs) On the other side of the ball, Hawaii beat Wyoming last night in a rare, low-scoring defensive battle for the Rainbow Warriors, 17-13, but that was without starting quarterback Cole McDonald in the game. McDonald is reportedly available for tonight. How big of a difference does McDonald make for this Warriors team?
3: Well, I do think he's a big part of it. Uh, He's really come out of nowhere for Hawaii to become uh, one of the leaders in the nation in pass yardage, touchdowns thrown. and. Uh, so he's a big part of uh, what makes them go. Y- you, he'll throw an incomplete pass, and it won't faze him a bit. He comes back real strong and uh, makes sure the next one. So when they throw so many times in a game, it's like BYU of old in the pass attack. If you had uh, first and ten, you throw an incompletion, well, it doesn't matter because in the next couple plays, you're going to pick it up with a completed pass. I do think that uh, he's very valuable. Uh, I thought that the backup, Cordero, uh, Throws a good ball. He got rid of the ball quickly against Wyoming. But they just didn't have that same success, whether it was Wyoming's defense or whether it was a quarterback change. I don't know. So McDonald, though, being one of the leaders in the nation, you got to have him in there for their time to have success.
2: Well, you mentioned his confidence. It's interesting. He misses the game against Wyoming. He wanted to play. The game-time decision didn't end up playing. Uh, I believe it was Tuesday this week he shows up at practice and simply says, I'm back. I'm like, whoa, Michael Jordan, whoa, easy, back up there, big guy. But he's confident, and he's he's ready to go. Let's get to headline number three. (laughs) All right, Hawaii comes into the game with a high-powered run-and-shoot offense going back to the yesteryears for Hawaii. The Rainbow Warriors averaging 38.4 points per game and are 11th in the nation in pass offense, averaging 322 yards through the air per game. Can the Cougars slow down the Hawaii offense, or is this going to be a shootout, Mark?
3: Well, I think that BYU is going to have to slow down the pass game in order to have that opportunity to get into the shootout. And I uh, I was very impressed with Hawaii playing Army. In their first possession, bing, 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 five plays in the end zone. And uh, McDonald catches the football and releases it so quickly. There's no way to get pressure on him. In the second possession, Army comes out and plays man cover underneath and play two deep zone and then rush with the front. And when uh, McDonald had to hold the ball because with man cover right off the bat, he can't make that real quick throw. There's man cover right on top of his receivers. They got pressure to him. They sacked him a couple times. When there were throws that he had to make, there was man cover. He overthrew him. He had a hard time against that. Then the rest of the game, Army would change it up into that man cover, and then go back to zone and really confuse him. So I'm uh, thinking that becomes a blueprint for BYU to handle this run and shoot tonight is to come up and play some man, take away that quick receiver, then drop back and play some zone, confuse him, and uh, play a little bit of both. Uh, Sometimes play man on the edge and play zone underneath the backers. If if they don't change it up and he knows what he's going to get every down, they only come out in two or three formations. They don't mess around. And uh, if you don't make those uh, confuse him a little bit, he's going to just eat them up.
2: Yeah, with Hawaii, they're going to come out with two wide on each side, four wide total, and they're going to throw the ball. And they're going right. to throw it quick. Yeah. Let, let's skip to the last headline, headline number four. <laughs> a legendary voice was silenced last Saturday in Cougar Nation. Paul jo- James was the voice of the Cougars for 36 years, calling over 1,300 BYU football and basketball games. A cohort of ours, Jerem Jordan of BYU TV, said it well this week when he said, quote, when I hear P.J.'s voice, I was in the front row, close quote. Mark, you called many of those games with Paul James. What made P.J. a special part of Cougar Nation?
3: Well, I think the inflection in his voice was just unparalleled. Uh, he was so good about uh, being able to make everything exciting, just the way he would say the words. I was so impressed with him. Uh, many people wrote about him uh, Uh, that he became their eyes for them. There were people that were blind that would send him letters and say, uh, the way you explain the game, I can see the game. So in my first voice test when I was applying to become the color guy, we went down into a studio, and he called a play, and I was going to follow up with uh, what I would comment. And uh, he started calling the play, and my eyes got big, and I'm looking for where is this? Where is he copying this? Where is it coming from? And he called the play. And I just felt like I was there at the time of the game. And then I stumbled through something like, good call, Paul. <laughs> and uh, he says, oh, that's good. That's good. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, I just appreciate so much that he gave me that chance to be part of BYU football.
2: Paul James was 87. Our prayers go out to Paul's family and friends as we all mourn his loss. Coming up, we'll hear from the from both head coach Kalani Sataki and offense coordinator Jeff Grimes and Cougar cuts. But next, we'll get to know the foe as we talk with Hawaii play-by-play guy Bobby Curran. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the New Skin BYU Sports Network.
0: This is Cougar Pregame Live on the New Skin BYU Sports Network.
2: Welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live. Ben Bagley and Mark Lyons with you as we get you ready for BYU facing the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. And it's time to get to know the foe. We're joined in the booth by the voice of Hawaii, Bobby Kern. Bobby, thanks for joining us. Right. Pleasure to be here. You, you mentioned this is your first time at Lavelle Edwards Stadium since it's been Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Yeah,
4: we've been here. The last time I was here, I think Lavelle Edwards was still the coach. <laughs> so it's been a little while. Uh, so let,
2: yeah. Let's be honest. At that point, it was his stadium as well at that no, point. No <laughs> doubt, <laughs> yeah.
4: just, just wasn't a name at that point.
2: You, you look at this game, and it's interesting because the Hawaii-BYU game's always been kind of a rivalry game. But you just—it doesn't have the amount or quantity of games that normal rivalry games was. But there's also a spe- always a special feel when these two teams get together.
4: Well, I think, and people talk about how did that come about? Because I was up here doing the games, Ty Detmer's years, and uh, and I remember him saying, "Well, I, you know, I, I think it's great that everybody in Hawaii thinks this is a rival. We kind of think of Utah as our rival. <laughs> so, I mean, I think they were a little befuddled because what happened for about ten straight years. Mostly in Honolulu, they'd come out there, give Hawaii a good butt whipping and say thank you for the hospitality and head back to Provo. So it was a very once, even though there were close calls, it was a very one-sided deal. And that made Hawaii fans and even the players and coaches just absolutely crazy when BYU came. So it was a little one-sided. I think it changed a little in 89 when Hawaii finally broke loose and won 56-14. to There's still a a television commercial in Hawaii, and it ends. It's a bank commercial with the scoreboard. (laughs) Hawaii 56. I mean, this is how many years later is crazy, right? (laughs) So it it is a big deal for Hawaii people.
3: Well, and they've got it going in this run and shoot right now. And uh, I'm really impressed with McDonald's quarterback. But uh, he also has a great bevy of receivers. Is it his skill? Is it the scheme? Or is it those receivers that make that go? That's
4: a good question. And I think it's largely – you'd have to have the trigger guy, of course, but – they decided that for this receiving core they needed speed and if you couldn't get you know as mouse davis used to say we prefer big and fast but if we can't have both we're taking fast and they have three guys now one of them's a utah kid john ursua along with cedric bird and jojo ward who's out of texas these guys are there's not one of them bigger than five nine but they can fly and if they get a mismatch on a linebacker it's over that linebackers oftentimes are seven yards away. Yeah. In separ- the separation's crazy. It's been fun to
2: watch. and uh, I don't think some of the opponents think it's fun to watch, but we sure do. Well, you mean We talked about Cole McDonald there, missed the game last week. He says he's ready to go this week. What's the latest on his status?
4: He's fine. I mean, he, he probably, if push came to shove, could have played last week. They didn't recommend it, and so he took the extra days. But by they, when they got in the practice field on Tuesday, it was like he never left. So he has looked fine. He's throwing the ball well. He's moving well. And uh, it was kind of a fluke, freaky sort of injury, but he's better now.
3: Well, on the defensive side, Jelani Tavai. He's the guy. He's, he's everywhere. Now, I did notice in film that those linebackers are in a hurry to flow the direction of the play, but he always beats everybody there.
4: He's, he just seems to know where it's going almost as soon as the offense does. He's one of those guys that's always around the football. He's a great leader. He is what, you know, the, you love guys to coach. Like, you want to coach football smart. Yeah. I don't know that he's going to, like, go to Oxford but, or <laughs> as a Rhodes Scholar, but he is really football smart.
2: That helps. We talk about that Hawaii defense. They don't get as, as much love as the offense does. Obviously, the offense putting up all sorts of great numbers, but the defense seems like in the last three games starting to catch some momentum. I mean, one of those numbers that backed that up. 13 sacks in the last yeah. three games. Is this a defense that's starting to get th- get things going? The well, goes on? they
4: are making plays and I think some of the younger linebackers, one of them's out hurt, not here today. Cheyenne Sanatoa did not make the trip, but he had sort of gotten the knack also, but Solomon Matautia, you'll see there's a a kid that doesn't play much, but he's here, and he'll play a bit today. His name is Kanai you know, a walk-on kid that has just – he sort of gets it. And we have a kid that everybody loves. His name is Kaimana Padello, and he's a 6-feet, 15 pounds defensive end. And he is – he's the definition of relentless. If you wanted to tell a kid this is how you go about – playing college football. This is what you do. He's that guy. I mean, he is, every time you turn around, he's in the backfield.
3: he's really had an amazing turnaround, I think. They uh, got it all going and went back to the run and shoot, but they're still young. There's only uh, four or five seniors that start. And yeah. They do start uh, three freshmen. So uh, is that youth thing the thing that's got him going?
4: Well, or? I actually think they, the man they hired is the offensive line coach this year, Mark Weber, has been a 35-year vet, and he's a real teacher. He's he, from here. Yeah, he's a <laughs> teacher. So, I mean, you guys may be familiar with him, but he's, you know, he's not the yellow screamer. We've had a, all kinds of offensive line coaches, but yeah. he, we're the, this is the only – there's only eight true freshmen starting on the offensive line in all of the BCS teams, and we have two of them. I mean, what are the chances of that? And then we have a J.C. transfer who's playing for the first time, Cole Laval, at this level. So that group coming together has been a big part of things. I thought that they had one of the games they struggled with was Wyoming last week. Because Wyoming's got a couple of kids that are probably NFL guys on that. Carl Granderson is a terrific player. And the, the Gaffon kid has really come on. So, you know, they were against. And, of course, you know Andrew Winger, the safety there. Yeah. So they, uh, they gave them some problems they hadn't had. But generally speaking, they've, you know, done that mantra. They've gotten a little better every week for the most part.
2: One thing that kind of shocked me as we got ready for this game this week, Bobby, is is you look at ESPN's FPI and it says BYU has got an eighty-seven percent chance of winning this game. Hawaii's is yeah. six and one and rolling coming into this game. BYU struggled a little bit. Are you are you a little shocked at kind of the lack of respect no, Hawaii's got coming mean, into this game? We
4: were a f- we were a seventeen-point underdog going to Colorado State and won that game, and it, they they closed it, so it was only a nine-point margin. They were 12-point underdog at home against Navy and beat them by 18. So, actually, I think Hawaii feels good when it's a double-digit dog. They feel like, oh, perfect, we got him just where we want them.
3: So, the last question I have for you is the special teams. Now, does the punter – I saw – Different films Does he punt right-footed and left-footed it. Or well, he will. And,
4: and, well, he's a uh, you know he's an Australian and he's, he's an Australian so he doesn't football know which guy. He is no. <laughs> well, he doesn't care. I mean, oh. whatever's convenient, sort <laughs> I'll of. Be darn Yeah. yeah. And, and, well, we had another one, Scott Harding. He was the same way. How about the field goals? Well, Ryan Mescal has a, another Australian, by the way, but he's been really good. What was funny is he was perfect. And then against San Jose State, we went to those five overtimes, and uh, and he ended up. He ended up kicking the game-winner, but he had two misses in that game. And and then he became... Mountain West Conference Special Teams <laughs> Player of the Week, we said, hey, if you want to get that, if you want to be the national
2: guy, miss four, and then kick the winner.
4: So it was kind of, we gave him a, he got a lot of grief from his teammates on that one.
2: Well, Bobby, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Happy to have you here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium and looking forward to an exciting game tonight.
4: This is one of the great views yeah. in all of Con. I've been doing this for 30 years. This is,
2: it doesn't get better than this. Well, I, I was joking, I was joking earlier with Mark, he says the Hawaii players aren't going to be used to these kind of white caps out out there. No, no <laughs> kidding. We, our white caps are mostly on the ocean. Yeah, these so ones are snow in the mountains. That's no, a, no doubt. a little chilly for maybe the folks from Hawaii. All right, Bobby, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, coming up next, Jason goes one on one with BYU freshman receiver Dax and Coming up, that's on Shep Talk. But next, it's Cougar Cuts. Come, look, you're listening to B, the Cougar Pregame Live on the New Skin BYU Sports Network.
0: Let's get you back to Ben Bagley and Mark Lyons for more Cougar Pregame Live on the New Skin BYU Sports Network.
2: Welcome back to Cougar Pre-Game Live. I'm Ben Bagley and Mark Lyons alongside as we get you ready for BYU and Hawaii. Before we get to Cougar Cuts, just a reminder, you can join the broadcast conversation throughout the pre-half and post-game show by tweeting at me, at Bags on Twitter. And now it's time for Cougar t- Cuts. Offensive improvement will always be a topic at BYU, but it certainly has been on the minds of BYU fans in the past two weeks as BYU's dropped two straight. Dylan Colley, who's facing his former team tonight, knows that things will have to get better but he says that these things take time, especially with so many new aspects
5: to the offense. It's a new offense. I think a lot of people think that, you know, just because it's Coach sataki has been here for a few years, that everything on the offensive side of the ball is going to be, you know, easy. And, you know, it, it is a new staff. Just because people are familiar with BYU doesn't mean that they're going to come in and everything's going to be just dandy from from the get-go. <laughs> You know, new offenses take time, and and with something that we have is, you know, when we do use every facet of the pass game, the run game, the motions, all those things that takes that takes time to make something that that much of a well-oiled machine happen. And so, I think it just takes patience. And you know, as we continue to grow every single week, I think you see that there are different facets of the offense that continue to do better and increase and we're progressing we're not taking any steps back I promise you and if people want to think that they can that's great and wonderful but inside this building we know that we are taking steps forward and that's the way it'll go and however we finish and wherever the record is that doesn't matter it's a matter of how we take attack each day and every single play and then that will build for time to come.
2: Well, Dylan Colley there saying it takes patience things are changing for BYU for the better where are you seeing progression in this offense Mark? Well I, I do think that uh
3: they've done really well from the start of the season they, they've improved quite a bit when they first came in with it the jet sweep's been terrific but now that people have kind of figured out how to defend the jet sweep it's they've had a hard time running the football and so uh, I, I am interested to see here's what I know I like Pew as the offensive line coach and I know that those guys work hard every day at practice and the fact that they are continuing to work and work and work, you have to see improvement. And uh, so I expect that it's going to be a breakout game somewhere along the line here, and it might as well be tonight, right? And uh, I, I do think that they're, they're going to be improved in their run attack tonight.
2: There's no guarantees, but one possible way to jumpstart the offense is to make changes at the quarterback position, replacing Tanner Mangum with Zach Wilson. Uh, offensive coordinator was asked on this week's Offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes was asked this week on coordinator's corner if that is a possibility.
0: It puts him in position to compete for that for sure. And one of the things that we've said from the beginning is that we're going to play the guys that we feel like give us the best opportunity to win. And he certainly said something about his play in that moment. That position, just like our left guard position where we played two guys the other night, and just like our F receiver position when we're playing with 11 personnel, we could use a number of different people there. Each of those spots has the opportunity to play a number of people there. And so at this point, whether we whether we continue with Tanner or whether we, we play Zach early or whether we play Zach a little earlier in the game than we might, those potential scenarios are all on the table at this point.
2: Well, nothing's officially been stated yet, Mark. There are reports out there that Zach Wilson will get the start today. I mean, you, 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 you've seen this happen before. A new guy comes in and the offense gets a little shot in the arm of adrenaline and a little bit of a boost. Do you think Zach Wilson can provide that for the Cougars?
3: Well, he brings a different set of skills. And so many times when the quarterback has changed, they bring in a new perspective of how they run those plays. And their skills are different than the other guy that was playing. So that's where you get a little bit of change that opponents don't know exactly what things he's in, you know, capable of doing. And uh, I think that that you, you get a new guy calling the plays in the huddle. You got a, a guy that's going to step up and uh, take charge, and all of those things have uh, impact on the way it's going to go. And like I said, I I think it'd be pretty bold to just put him out there and let him let him throw a deep one.
2: Uh, you, you said that, and I pictured being a long-time suffering Raiders fan. The old days of Al Davis, first play was always the long bomb. That came from the owner's box down to the coaches to the quarterbacks. Hey, we're going deep on the first play every time. So maybe that's what we'll see tonight. Shades of old Al Davis here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium tonight. Uh, hey, the, the defense has had its hands full once again this week as they face a high-powered uh, Hawaii offense. We'll look at some of their numbers about Hawaii coming up a little bit later. The Cougars are already banged up, and head coach Kalani Sataki updates us on two key players on the defensive side of the ball.
6: Diane's practicing now. We expect him to be back this week. Um, unfortunately for Zane Anderson, his season has come to an end, and he'll have surgery in the next week or so. Um, but we will redshirt him because he's only played in four games, and he'll be a senior for us next year.
2: Zane Anderson made a lot of things happen for the Cougar offense through the first half of the season. Missed two games. He'll keep his red shirt and play next season. But how big of an absence is that going to be for the Cougar defense? Well, well,
3: tonight, you know, his speed and quickness really helps on those slot receivers. And he's a good cover guy. He also did a good job uh, when he would rush. He has an interception. So I do think that's a, a challenge for BYU. It's to find the right guy to put him in there. And uh, I do like, though, that uh, Diane Gualaku is back at safety because uh, he's a good tackler. He's a good cover guy underneath. And so uh, the opportunity for him to be back is going to help.
2: Well, it's going to be interesting with the injuries and guys banged up. Butch Pau still fighting through injury. Diane coming back off of inter- injury, no Zane Anderson. What kind of changes and shifts will we see on that defense? We've seen Taki Taki playing some middle linebacker yeah. the last couple weeks. Guys moving around as we're filling spots for BYU. Be interesting to see what they come up with tonight coming up next jason Shepard, not with us here in the booth but through the magic of radio he'll join us as he goes one-on-one with dax millen and shep talk more cougar pregame live after this on the new skin byu sports network
0: you're tuned to cougar pregame live on the new skin byu sports network now back to your host ben bagley
2: Welcome back to Cougar game Live. Ben Bagley and Mark Lyons with you, Mark. And before we get to Shep Talk, I'm going I'm to put on my best weatherman's hat <laughs> or, or a suit, coat, or whatever, yeah. and looking around at the flags in the stadium. That's a brisk north-northwestern breeze coming out uh, of the polar regions.
3: It is, yeah. And coming from the north, and that's uh, bringing that chilly weather and the clear skies out there. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be cool tonight. And, uh, you know, Hawaii travels a ton. They they have to go everywhere. And uh, if they get nice weather, I think that's going to help them. So they need to have a little bit of chill in their in health.
2: Well, uh, they're they're going to get it tonight, a little bit of a chill tonight. So we'll see how that affects the Rainbow Warriors as the game moves on. And as it gets darker, it's going to get colder. It's supposed to be down in the low 40s by the time this thing gets over tonight. Hey, uh, Dax Millen is a freshman receiver from South Jordan, Utah. He won the 3A state championships with Bingham. He won three state championships right. with Bingham High School in football and two in basketball. That's five. That's a good. That's a good. That's a good high school rings. career right there. Yeah, he's going to need his own jewelry box. Despite <laughs> that, he's only received a scholarship from smaller schools. Dax had a decision to make. Well, and he made it. He ended up here at BYU. Here's Sheptok with Dax Millen. All right, Dax, I know you've told this story to a lot of
7: people, but there may be some fans out there that don't know your background and how you got here to BYU. You had other offers but chose to come to BYU. Take everybody through your journey to get here.
8: Okay, well, uh, first I just got to start all the way back to when I was 8 years old. I knew Kalani uh, when he was coaching at Utah, and uh, we had a great connection from the start. He loved me, and then so going through high school, um... I didn't have any looks I really wanted, and, and then I finally picked up uh, some, like, SUU, Weber, and a couple academy schools, and, well, when it came down to signing day, I, I knew I, I could uh, play at, you know, top FPS level, and so I decided to say no to those other smaller schools and, and come here, and I thought it was the best choice for me. Did you grow up a BYU fan? Was it was that one of the things you always wanted to play here? Uh, to be honest, I grew up being a Utah fan. What? Yeah, but I'm I'm happy here. <laughs>
7: so so how did that go over with the family when you made this decision?
8: Well, my family's a uh, house divided, so. My my brother and my dad were happy because they're the BYU fans, and my sister and my mom were the Utah fans. But they're still happy for me. Well,
7: that's good. That's the way family should be, right? Uh, yeah. How has this season for you personally? How has it gone thus far?
8: Uh, to be honest, it's gone great. Um, I I knew I when I was first coming in. I knew I had to just keep my head down and and learn uh, the offense and take my time with with getting to know the players and learning from the other older guys and. And but I'm happy with uh, how things are going right now. So, but hopefully we can start winning some games.
7: At what point? Because even at the beginning of fall camp, you were getting reps. You were out there. At what point did you
8: realize I'm going to see the field this year? Uh, yeah, that's respect to to Coach Fessy for just giving everyone a chance. And I kept making plays, and I, I kept finding myself, you know, getting more and more reps. And so. I figured the time would come soon, and, and uh, it happened in Wisconsin.
7: Has it been
8: a bigger
7: transition than you thought, or do, how do you feel you've handled the transition coming into collegiate athletics?
8: Yeah, it's a bigger transition than I actually thought. Um, in what way? Like just the the speed of the gameplay. Like everyone's just so much faster and, and smarter. You can't get away with with uh, bad technique in, in collegiate play. So. I learned very quickly that, you know, you always got to be on your top game. You mentioned
7: it's, you know, you guys just looking to win games, get back on the winning track. From the offensive perspective, what do you think has been the biggest issue? What are you guys right now working on to improve?
8: Um, I think uh, beginning of the season when we were starting hot, we, uh, we didn't make a lot of uh, mistakes like uh, pre-snap penalties or uh, like missed assignments. And I think we need to go back to our like basics, like that, like making sure we're not we're just um, executing every play that we call, even even if it's not a good play call, we still should execute it. So,
7: kind of a sentiment that, you know what, everybody just needs to go out and make a play. If everybody will just go out and make a play, things will start turning in your
8: favor, right? Yeah, as a receiver, that's that's my mentality. I just the ball's thrown up to me, I, don't, I don't want to go make a play. That's that's all it is.
7: What have you guys seen from the Hawaii defense? When everybody talks about this Hawaii football team, they all talk about their offense because they're able to score so much and their quarterback is putting up crazy numbers. What have you guys seen from their defense in terms of maybe some opportunities for you guys to get going?
8: Yeah, they got a solid defense for sure. I think uh, we'll have a lot of chances to take some shots downfield and and just out-physical them in in our run game too. I think we'll be good.
7: You mentioned uh, the Wisconsin game a moment ago. Is, Is there a moment for you? where everything just kind of clicked together or is, is there that one moment like wow I'm, I'm doing this or I'm here has there been
8: that moment for you yeah the the, the, the first play I kind of had to get my feet wet you know like adjust to you know the, the crowd the just the speed of everything and and then once um I drew a, a penalty on a down in the end zone and I almost scored and I just realized that like yeah, I can play with these guys, you know, I'm, I'm here, so.
7: All right, let's end with the final four, the personality questions. The first question is, what was the last show you binge-watched?
8: The last show I binge-watched, gotta say The Office. The Office? I've had yeah. a couple people say that. Is that yeah. like the popular show right now, I guess, again? I guess, I guess maybe it's popular, but I, I think it's hilarious, so I just keep watching it.
7: Your favorite characters who? Dwight, Jim, Michael? I love Michael. It.
8: I love Michael, but I, I love Kevin. He's, he's just a <laughs> silly guy. You know? Okay, very nice. If you could have
7: one superpower, what would it be?
8: Oof, one superpower. I know everyone's basic answer is flying, but I'd probably go with uh, maybe uh, just a power to, like, if you had an injury, just heal yourself right away like that. Just like that. So
7: your favorite meal is what?
8: My favorite meal? Uh, probably go with uh, probably some... Enchiladas from Cafe Rio.
7: Can't go wrong with that. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. All right, last question, and I appreciate you doing this. How has coming to BYU influenced your life?
8: Coming to BYU influenced my life spiritually, you know, with the honor code and everything. Got to stay in line with everything. But it's influenced my life just being with, like, these guys, you know, my teammates. I have my Zach Wilson, growing up with him, and Dallin and Holker and some other guys. It's just been great. Appreciate the time,
7: and uh, good luck against Hawaii. Appreciate it.
2: Yeah, thank you. There you go, there's Shep Talk with Dax Millen. We'll see if him and the rest of the receiving core get some big action tonight as BYU faces this high-powered Hawaii offense. Coming up in just a few minutes, about 10 minutes from now, we'll visit with the voice, Greg Rebel. But next, it's Mark Lyons as we analyze the BYU rushing attack. and analyze this. It's next as Cougar Pregame Live rolls on on the new skin BYU Sports
0: Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back
2: to Cougar Pre Game Live. We're about 84 minutes from kick here at LaValle Edwards Stadium as BYU hosts Hawaii on this homecoming week. Before we get to mark lines and analyze this, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification.
0: This is BYU Radio on 107.9 FM, KUMT Randolph, KBYU FM, HD2 Provo. You're listening to Cougar Sports on BYU Radio. Welcome
2: back to Cougar Pre-Game Live. I'm Ben Bagley alongside with Mark Lyons as we sit here above the field at Lavelle Edwards Stadium as BYU gets ready to host Hawaii on homecoming week. And each week we present Mark Lyons with a topic or a stat that we expect to play a role in tonight's game and we call it Analyze This. Tonight, Mark the stat is about the BYU rushing game. Here's a stat for you to kind of chew on a little bit as we talk about this. BYU is rushing for 178 yards per game on average, and uh, in, 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 that's in wins. In losses, they're only rushing for 58 yards per game at 2.1 yards per carry. Mark, what does BYU have to do tonight to get the running game on rails?
3: Well, I do think that it's going to be extremely important to run the football tonight uh, for a couple of reasons. If they uh, play Zach, it's going to certainly give him some time to be able to watch and help him make first downs. Uh, But I, I also am concerned at the success or failure that they had against Utah State. And against Utah State last week, that front three did a good job of keeping the linemen away from their linebackers. Their linebackers were very athletic and very active so they moved quickly to wherever the ball was going and really did. They were good tacklers. Now, the second part to the run attack that could be a uh, problem is that Squally Canada is injured. And he hasn't been able to play. And he probably won't play tonight. So with the fact that uh, Squally has been, uh, he's carried the ball 71 times compared to Katoa's 39 times. So Katoa is going to get more carries. And then you look at who else is going to be the guy that could help take the load and that run attack. There have been nine guys carry the football for BYU this year. And most of those guys are the guys that have been on that jet sweep, and they only have a few carries. So uh, Oliva Hifo has 18. Riley Burt has 14 carries. And then after that, eight guys are with less than 10 carries. So somebody, I think they're going to spell them off. I think they're going to go by committee tonight, and I think that they have to get after it. One thing that I notice with Hawaii's defense, their linebackers flow so quickly to the direction of the play. They just uh, take off, and everybody is attack mode to get to the direction they think the ball's going. So misdirection, counters, and cutbacks are very successful against that kind of defense. So it'll be interesting to see if BYU tries some Misdirection. Now that they have uh, Zach Wilson who can run the football, the bootleg in that opposite direction could be a good
2: play for him. Well, that's what I was just going to get to that exact topic. As you mentioned, of, of the guys that have run the ball, one guy was Zach Wilson who got who led the team, by the way, in rushing last week off of one run, 26-yard <laughs> run. He loses a yard, 25 yards. He leads BYU in rushing last week against Utah State. He brings a different dimension if he gets to start tonight with the RPO or the run-pass option in that backfield. How does that change the look of the offense?
3: Well, it's going to make a difference. Now, we've seen Tanner run twice on designed runs, and uh, he hasn't been, you know, he picked up six yards on one of them. But Zach Wilson, with his speed and quickness and his athletic ability, uh, we see that if you get him in the open field, even on scrambles or on pass rush where he breaks the pocket, those experience those chances are really going to make it a challenge for Hawaii to be able to stay in contact with him.
2: Well, the nice thing is, is about Zach, you and I were talking earlier, one of our favorite plays from last week was his run yeah. in which he put a little juke on the Utah State defender and turned him around a la Barry Sp- Sanders from back in the day. <laughs> no. and, and the nice thing is, Zach's got that athleticism, but it's not, he's also young enough and he's kind of got that. That moxie. excitement for the boxy yeah. of the game, that that kind of carries over to that rushing attack.
3: Absolutely, and that was a beautiful move. It went left, right, and then back to the left. You get that third move in and keep your balance. That's the thing. When you break open in that field, uh, you want to run faster than you can go, and so you lose your balance, you kick your toe, you trip, and he didn't do any of that. He yeah, was, good balance. Yeah, yeah good, he yeah. kept everything in perspective, made that move quickly, and that guy went to the ground.
2: The defender. Uh, yeah, so BYU will be watching tonight. There's your magic number in wins. BYU rushing for 178 yards on the game, 4.7 yards per carry. You still like to see that get up to around 5 or 6 yards per carry. But in losses, a, a paltry 58 yards per game and 2.1 yards yeah. per carry. So you want to see some – and that, that's the one thing outside of the Wisconsin game, the one thing this BYU offense has really lacked is some chunk yards on the ground. Yeah. So you want to see some chunk plays there.
3: And uh, – I don't know that I think Hawaii is athletic in their linebackers and their secondary, but I also think that they are—they uh, overplay so many times you have a chance to make some yards on the cutback.
2: Coming up next, we'll visit with the voice Greg Rebel as he joins us here on Cougar Pregame Live. That's next on the New Skin BYU Sports Network.
0: Let's get you back to Ben Bagley and Mark Lyons for more Cougar Pregame Live on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to
2: Cougar Pre-Game Live. I am Ben Bagley, Mark Lines alongside as we sit in the booth overlooking Lavelle Edwards Stadium as both teams out on the field warming up, coming up a little bit later. Mitch Jurgens will join me before he heads down to the, well, heads down to get a little cold <laughs> as the temperature continues to drop here at Cougar Stadium. Lavelle Edwards Stadium, we'll get a view from the sideline with him. We'll also hear from Hawaii head coach Nick Rolovich. But right now it's time to visit with the boys. Joining us in the booth is the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebel. Greg, Coach Kalani Sataki, the tone of his conversations all week long is there's going to be some changes. So as we get ready
1: for this game, what changes do you expect to see? Well, he uh, confirms that uh, Zach Wilson will get his first start at quarterback tonight. So the youngster is in and becomes the youngest starting quarterback in BYU football history by chronological age, 19 years and a couple of months. So the kid is in and uh, we'll see if the kid is hot tonight. I guess we'll find out soon enough. Uh, Zach Wilson is your starter at uh, quarterbacks. So that change is made. Squally Canada will not be available tonight at running back, and he's been banged up, so no real surprise there, especially Ben with a bye week coming try and get him well uh, for the stretch run so a lot more lopini katoa and more matt As he's kind of bounced back between running back and linebacker now back to running back as they'll need some more of matt tonight as a result good news in the defensive backfield is diane gonwaluku will return and he's been out uh, the better part of a month and so uh that 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 will be good especially with hawaii as pass dependent as it is and so uh diane gonwaluku makes his return And that's among a number of things you can look for as BYU just tries to give itself a shot in the arm, both sides of the ball, really, against this very potent UH team this evening.
3: Did uh, Kalani give any idea about the state of mind that they're in after this week's practice? It's been a little more rugged.
1: Well, he, he did indicate that uh, he felt uh, the changes he was making were, were going to uh, you know, assist the team in, in rallying to, to be where they need to be. And they, they've not had, he said, they're disappointed and embarrassed over the last couple of games. Yeah. And so uh, we'll see if that's uh, uh, dinged their pride to the extent that we can notice something right off the top. And he did talk about, unprovoked, uh, he, he talked about the, the starts, the fast start. They've got to be better off the start. It's been a rough uh, first quarter of games this year. They've scored only one touchdown. Only seven points. They've been outscored 38-7 in the first quarter. They have only two scores in the first quarter of their last ten games, going back to last year. And and once Kalani's teams get out in front, they've been really good at keeping a lead. In fact, interesting subtext, both Hawaii under Nick Rolovich and Kalani and BYU under Kalani Sitake are undefeated when they take the lead into the locker room. So it's kind of a 30-minute game tonight. And whoever wins the first <laughs> half is apparently going to win this game because that's the way it's been since both these guys took over, and they're both in their third years so right it's now.
2: That'll save us some time and get us some extra sleep tonight, yeah, if that yeah. holds true. It's call it good. Good night, everybody.
1: <laughs> well, you mentioned, it's halftime. You, yeah. you
2: mentioned some of those, those changes in, the, in, 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 in reference to the quicker starts. As Kalani talk, I think he told you this week on on. Uh, Billy football Colony Kalani Sitake, The one thing that they've done is change the way they're practicing, with doing more team sessions and more intense team sessions early in practice, yeah. with the emphasis of getting out faster.
1: Yeah, and and I know that uh, you know one of the benchmarks for the team is not only scoring first, but scoring first possession. It doesn't always happen that way, and you can't, like like uh, Jeff Grimes said, if you don't do, it, you can't let your heads drop saying we didn't score first possession. Game's over. But it is one of the things they try to get done. And uh, as Kalani's teams have proven, just scoring first, if not first possession, means a lot to this team. Just taking a lead out of the first quarter. They, they, he's coached 32 games here now. BYU's had a first quarter lead, or rather they've led after one quarter, six times just six times in 32 games if they could just be a little better early what might it mean to this program and his team because as as stats have shown they're excellent front runners but getting in front has been a real challenge uh, for this team and and as Ralph shared uh, in in a great stat uh, two scores if you're down two scores it's over Uh, they've, they've never overcome a deficit of more than seven points under Kalani Sitake. And, so, and they've been down, what, 35 nothing, 21-0 last two weeks. And so just getting down 10 points has been kind of the death nail. And, and so they're, they're, they're the kind of team to this point where they've got to be uh, leading or close. If it gets a little bit away, it gets a lot away. And that's something that I think uh, can't happen. And, and, and Hawaii is the kind of team yeah. that couldn't do that, right? That, that, that's yeah. what they're kind of built to do. Uh, so throw-dependent, so high-octane and uh, so reliant on four very prolific receivers in a very in a way that BYU is simply not BYU's offense is not designed to do what Hawaii's is and so you've got to make it up somewhere else
3: well and Hawaii has scored uh, in their first possession seven five of their seven games this year right and so they scored y-
1: touchdowns in four of the five now yeah. it was the first four games of the year but yeah in five of, of their seven games they score first possession BYU meantime hasn't allowed a first possession touchdown in I think 12 games uh, going back to last year so we BYU has been good defensively, not letting teams get right out on them is where Hawaii has really excelled this year.
2: Let's go back to the news off the top of this segment. Zach Wilson getting this first start as a freshman QB here for the BYU Cougars. How do you expect things to change or look differently with Zach Wilson at the helm?
1: Well, I think Zach Wilson makes BYU harder to defend for two pretty apparent reasons. His ability to account for the run, make teams account for the run, and his arm. And, and just uh, how, how good he is throwing it long and hard, and uh, I, I think those the, the, those two components right there will make a big difference tonight. I, I think ultimately what it came down to for BYU is they became a little too easy to defend, and and Zach makes it more difficult for defenses at this point. And we saw how last week by just going off on that 26-yard run that that he did, and, and I'll be curious too to see how Jeff Grimes now modifies his offensive approach. Let's say that uh, Tanner Mangum whose gift wasn't running the football the the element of deception there would be a lot of fly motion fly sweep that's where the deception came in with zach wilson where running is a part of his game i think maybe you could you could uh, you could introduce uh, a more of an rpo component and maybe not have to rely as much on fly sweep or fly motion uh, for 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 the deception because of uh, what zach brings nobody's necessarily going to buy rpo with tanner manga but they certainly will have to with uh, with zach wilson and they've
3: also figured out the fly sweep you know the many of the teams have uh, brought their safeties up quicker and uh, been able to help defend the fly sweep, and it's not as much a weapon.
1: And I think we also do, uh, we we can acknowledge, having watched Zach enough in in camp and in practices and whatnot, that... Uh, the, 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 there's a poise there that belies his age. Uh, he's very comfortable in the pocket and is as comfortable when it breaks down of taking off and making a play. And yeah, I'm I, I, everything I just, at 19 too. <laughs> 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 he just looks—he looks very prototypical as a quarterback. He just looks very much the part. And, uh, and and again, I was just down there a few minutes ago as he was doing stretches just uh, outside the locker room, and he's got such a baby face. I just got to remind myself that this 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 kid's going to be in the fire here, getting things done here in a little bit because he. Just looks so young, and I guess the older I get, everyone looks young and younger. But he's a real baby-faced kid, and uh, and yeah, he's he's gonna he's gonna grow up in a hurry starting tonight. Well, that,
2: that's gonna be the fun part of what we're gonna witness tonight and through the rest of the season. We're going to watch the growth of a kid. And you know what? He's going to make mistakes. He's a freshman. There's going to be mistakes. You're going to have to live with those mistakes. But he's got that swagger and moxie we've talked about. We'll see how he overcomes and reacts to them.
1: And let's presume, Ben, that he stays healthy and is able to go the rest of the season for you. You look at the way next season starts, uh, you you, don't don't want to have those games be someone's first starts necessarily. When you go Utah, USC, Tennessee, Washington, (laughs) Toledo. Uh, Which is kind
3: of why the start of this season, I think, was... Very similar and the same
1: thinking. So yeah, exactly. So in August, the criteria that selected Tanner Mangum were different than the criteria in October, and I think the criteria have modified modified six games in, which is why Zach is is the right guy now, and he may not have been in August. And so I'm excited to see him. Hopefully, ideally, again uh, carry it out. Hopefully healthy and, and put him in, in, in good shape for next season. Uh, on top of it. And just one last th- quick thing, <laughs> I'm reminded of Taysom Hill's first start came against Hawaii right here and he made those kind of plays that made us go hello, hello. and all of a sudden you know a couple games later he was out right but uh, that said Taysom got his first start against this team in this stadium i love that game. be interesting to see yeah.
2: cougar cougar nation get ready we're about to watch the, uh, the well the the first of what we hope to be many zach wilson starts after a quick break our weekly view from the sidelines with mitch jurgens cougar pregame live continues next on the new skin byu sports network Buying a home can be a stressful process, but
7: it doesn't have to be.
2: And I should know, I'm a UCCU
7: home buying expert. Think of me as your personal home buying advocate, a mortgage loan professional dedicated to your home buying experience from start to finish. And with UCCU's low rates,
9: you may qualify for more house for the same payment that you could with other local lenders. So if you're thinking about buying or refinancing a home, talk to UCCU. It's what we do.
5: Equal Housing Lender. NMLS 407653. Federally insured by NCUA.
9: I'm doing great. It's uh, it's game night. It is game night. And and the
2: exciting news we just got from Greg Rebell that Zach Wilson's getting the start. His first start, freshman, youngest quarterback starting ever for BYU. Mitch, before we talk about Zach Wilson, let's talk about a portion of this. Do you remember your first start as a BYU Cougar? And what was that like
9: as you got ready for the game? I do. Uh, My first start came in 2014 against UConn um, at UConn. And it was man the the emotions and feelings that you have in preparation for that game, it's it's, I mean it's crazy, um and but that's that's what gets you know that's what got me going is you know it was stepping into a big stadium with the lights and, um it was exciting and and it made me the adrenaline came and and uh, I felt comfortable as I got that first series out of the way um it you know you probably do have to shake off a little rust and some nerves, um. But, you know, I expect to see the same thing from Zach tonight is uh, maybe a little rusty start, just, you know, feeling maybe the nerves and pressure of, of coming out strong. But um, from what I saw in fall camp, I, I think we can see, you know, some, some positive things tonight from Zach.
2: Mark was calling for the first play to be a long bomb down the field. <laughs> Let's make sure the shoulders warmed up and things yeah. are right out there. Get, yeah. it, get it get it, out of the way right off the
9: bat. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we've. I go back and uh, in some of the games that I played in, um, we we took shots on the first play of the game, and uh, when they work, I mean, talk about a uh, momentum swing for almost the entire game. Is if you can start off that hot, so we'll see. You know what uh, what the first drive looks like for BYU, and and I I'd, I'd agree with Mark. I think a big play would be would be pretty cool to see. All right,
2: so now you look at you look at Zach Wilson,
9: uh, under center,
2: calling the plays. How's this Cougar offense going to look different?
9: Yeah, it's um, you know it, it's going to look different because you take a guy who has the ability uh, to make plays with his feet, um, you know, and I I, I I'm am a great friend of Tanner Mangum's, and, and I thought he played he played well so far this season, um, but when you when you look at a a, a team that's kind of struggled as of late in the run game. Um, Having a dual threat quarterback, it does add a little bit of spice uh, to the game plan. Um, that allows, you know, for an RPO um, uh, type of playbook that we might see tonight. Um, it's it's kind of up in the air. I think we're all kind of giddy to see what kind of offense this is going to look like behind Zach Wilson. Um, the guy's got a cannon. He's got a great arm, and he's not afraid to sling it. Um, I saw a lot of that in fall camp and in practices. Uh, he looks confident to throw the deep ball. Uh, he's got great touch on on short passes. Um, and then, like, like I mentioned before, he's, he's got the feet to make people miss. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see how this offense changes uh, with a different guy at the helm.
2: We're going to see bumps in the road with a freshman quarterback. There's going to yep. be some mistakes made. And, th- and that's a good thing because we're going to also watch him grow and learn. But you mentioned it, his confidence, his moxie. You like that? Is it you like that in a young kid coming in and taking, the, taking this and having that moxie and that confidence like, hey, yeah, this is my job. I got
9: it. Oh yeah, I mean, it's, you have to have that. To be successful at this level, there's a there's a sense of confidence and swagger that players need, especially at the quarterback position. Um, whether he's 19 or you know 25, I mean, you've got to have a guy that is confident and knows he can get the job done a hesitant quarterback is not a successful quarterback um and so from what i've seen he's got the confidence um at just 19 years old like you said we're gonna see some mistakes um but i think the energy around a change is pretty positive for a team um and so When he does make mistakes, uh, I I can count on a lot of players to put their hand on his back and say, hey, let's do this. Let's bounce back. And, And he's got that type of swagger and confidence to bounce back from mistakes.
2: Flipping flip sides of the ball a little bit. Let's talk a little oh. bit about this matchup. Coach Sataki talked earlier this week about there's going to be some changes on the defensive side of the ball. Not necessarily personnel, but there are going to be some movements personnel-wise. But more of the philosophy saying it's important to do something this team hasn't done yet this season. is get pressure on the quarterback. And Cole McDonald, he's a guy who can sling it, and you want to get pressure on him. So
9: what do the Cougars do to get pressure on Cole McDonald tonight? You've got to bring pressure, bring stunts and blitzes consistently through the game. Um, that's that's something that I kind of wanted to see last week Um, not just on you know rarest of occasion let's bring the house or bring a couple guys I want to see it consistently Um, and I think that's what it's going to take to throw the offensive line and the blocking schemes off um, not knowing which you know which direction pressure is going to come from you've got to be consistent you've You have to get Cole McDonald on the ground to feel uncomfortable. And we're talking about a guy in six games has thrown for 2,100 yards, 24 touchdowns. That's you know 350 yards a game and four touchdowns a game. I mean, that's... it's
2: nice to have a streak of six straight games over 300 yards.
9: Yeah, and and so you've got to put pressure. He does get the ball out really quick. I mean, Hawaii is a fast moving yeah. team, um, so it might take a little bit in the first quarter to kind of wear the offensive line down. But they can't stop. They've got to be relentless and and go for it consistently throughout the game.
2: Well, it's not necessarily getting sacks either. It's just exactly. getting, getting pops on him uh-huh. and getting
9: pressure on him. Let him know you're there. Yeah, make him feel uncomfortable comfortable Um, if if he's sitting in the pocket and it's been you know two full seconds you want him thinking where's the pressure coming from I might be in trouble Um, because that's going to throw his game off.
2: Uh, I want to get to this as well. ESPN's FPI every week they put out a percentage of hey, what's your chance of winning this game. They've got BYU an eighty-seven percent chance of winning this game. Remember, Hawaii's six and one. Now this will be their toughest test to date, but they're still six and one. BYU's coming off of two straight losses. BYU's also a ten and a half point
9: favorite. Does that surprise you? Those numbers as they come into this game? Yeah, honestly, it does. I think. Um, I mean, the eighty-seven percent. That's. That's a high win probability, um, and I'm not shocked that BYU is projected to win the game by that uh, by that much. Yes, I yeah. am, um, and, and the reason I say that is, you know, with the exception of McNeese State, um, an FCS school that that BYU should have beaten um, by a wide margin, um, the the other two wins were Arizona and BYU won by five points, yeah. and Wisconsin by three, yeah. um, and so they haven't won by a significant margin um and so it is kind of shocking that it that uh, B U is predicted to win by that much uh, of a of a point differential um but you know I I believe in the Cougs and and I'd love to see that absolutely
2: one last yeah. thing before we let you go Mitch uh I- no moisture in the forecast tonight, but it's cold out there, and that's a cold north wind. And I'm not doing this to rub it into you that are going to be out on the sidelines. <laughs> Just as a former player, when, when you go into a, a game where it's a little bit colder or something,
9: especially with guys from Hawaii coming from Hawaii, how does that affect the way you play? Man, you've I mean, as as a receiver, you've got to keep your hands warm because um, when they get cold and that ball comes in, the, the ball is harder in colder weather, and so it's, I mean, it'll hurt your hands and— um, and so all around I mean guys have to stay loose they're more prone to cramps um, if you know or just, uh, I, I shouldn't say cramps but guys can pull muscles because yeah, they get tighter because yeah. they're not as warm and so they've got to do a good job at, at uh, staying loose um, if you see me doing high knees on the sideline <laughs> I've you know I've got to stay loose down there and um, but yeah it's gonna be cold and um, I, I learned from last week I thought I was prepared last week for the cold. Um, but I wasn't, so I've prepared even more, put on more layers, and hopefully it uh, does its job tomorrow.
2: Well, sources have told me that it's a too-long-john night for Mitch there. It, it is a too-long-john night. And, John and oh, yep. we do expect high knees <laughs> and, and keeping warm down there on the sidelines. Mitch, thanks for joining us. Yep, thank you. On the other side, we go across the field into my conversation with Hawaii head coach Nick Rolovich. That's next on Cougar Pre-Game Live on the new skin, BOU Sports Network.
0: You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Ben Bagley.
2: Welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live. We're getting ready for BYU and Hawaii. Earlier this week, I talked to the head coach of the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors, Nick Rolovich. Here's our conversation. All right, coach, as we prepare for BYU-Hawaii this weekend. uh, I want to start this with the obvious question. It's on the top of everybody's minds out there, so I'm going to start here with this obvious question. What is your best Dylan Cauley story from his time at Hawaii? (laughs) Oh, Dylan Cawley. Um,
10: You just remember him being such a competitor. Um, Not a lot bothered him. He was very um, composed, and even if he'd take a shot, he was always getting up and um, just really prepared like a professional. You know, he was – you know, he tried to hold us together last year as best he could, and, you know, I'm just – I think he's a good person, and, and you know we're, we're sorry he's gone. But you know it looks like he's he's having a good time up there in Provo.
2: Let's talk a little bit about your team. Let's start with quarterback Cole McDonald. He's having a heck of a season so far this season, with over twenty one hundred yards passing, twenty four touchdowns. But he sat out last week against Wyoming. What is his status as we talk on a Wednesday, getting ready for game day?
10: I, I would expect him to play. He's practiced this week, so um, unless. He starts really acting like he doesn't know the offense anymore or not playing well. You know, I expect him to, to be there for a Saturday. You know, it it was it was probably a game time decision and and we were all kinda under the impression that it probably will go to a no but um we we let it run till Saturday, but I think the week off really helped him and, and it was probably smart by our medical staff to just say, Hey, let's let's shut it down this week
2: well without without Cole McDonald, who like I said, having a great season, you guys had a, a really good game against Wyoming getting the seventeen thirteen win in a close low scoring game, a little bit different than what your team's experienced so far this season. but what is a win like that when you have to battle it out in a close game uh, without your starting quarterback? What does that do for your team
10: you know I'm upset by the lack of production offensively but it, it, in all honesty, it's probably exactly what we needed to win a game on defense to to gut through a, a fourth quarter win. You know, you know we had through a touchdown pass with the minutes 30 and defense holds. You know, and it, that is a good character builder for us, especially in the middle of the season. Appreciate our guys' fight. They didn't, uh, you know there's there's no turning on each other, there's no pointing fingers, you know the defense has got to hold them, the defense is ready to hold them, if the offense has got to go score a touchdown the offense is willing to take that challenge so I, I, I it is a little bit different than how we've won but I, I think it was very, very good for us and It was good for our defense to be able to kind of dig their heels in and and win a game for us in the last play.
2: You mentioned your offense has been prolific this season, averaging Uh, 38.4 points per game. You you look at that offense, the new run and shoot, I I don't know how you compare it to old styles of run and shoot or not, but how would you best describe your offense to to a football fan?
10: Well, you're going to see four wide receivers the whole game. You're going to see – you know, you're not going to see real big guys. Um, I think there's pretty good speed and ability from our wide receiver group. Um, I think they know how to get open. They know how to help each other get open. Um, There is still an element of the run game. You know, there is, you know, the core of it you know, would go back to, you know, when we played here in 2000 as far as the core plays. But, you know, to keep up with, with the trends in football, you add a little bit here and there and um, try to take advantage of, of all our athletes' abilities, you know, and, and try to get the ball in their hands.
2: What has been the key to the, the success of the season so far for Hawaii? You start the season 6 and 1, it's one of the best starts, to, uh, top four starts in a long time for the University of Hawaii. What's been the success in that start?
10: I think it's the the love between the players. I really do. I think there's no nonsense. We're not, you know, we're not worried about whatever noises outside of the program. We're not, you know, we're not deteriorating from inside. There's there's belief in in all all three systems, and there's belief in each other. And and you know, we talk about togetherness and togethers. Kind of, I know it's kind of a uh, maybe it's not some fancy catchphrase, but. That's what we start with every meeting together. That's the first thing they see and and They really act that way whether it's off the field in the community or You know on the field in in a crunch time and game time, so you know, I I think they understand their greater responsibility is The 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 selfishness that can creep into um, uh, Athletes is sometimes I I believe not a real good thing, so we're, we're trying to stay humble um still whether we win or lose treat sunday and the whole week the same and you know for instance i get a video from somebody on campus yesterday that shows um one of our backup wide receivers but he was helping push somebody in a walker I, to me that's a win you know doing something nice for people you know even though you know you're a football player and all that but you're no different you got you got you got some you got some god-given uh, ability and, and talents but that doesn't mean you're special or different from you know any other human
2: yeah that's that's cool that's a cool story your offense we talked about it has, has been prolific you mentioned you mentioned that you didn't maybe enjoy a, de- a defensive win in, in what the Wyoming game, but you take it because it's a win, but the defense seems to be gathering some steam. They've held teams to 21 points or less in three of the last four games and recorded 13 sacks in the last three games. Is your defense catching some momentum right now as you hit this midpoint of the season?
10: I'd like to think so. Um, they definitely are, you know getting used to the schemes or the, you know, and and I got, you got to give them a lot of credit because you're, you're, you're looking at army Navy in the first four, you know, you got to deal with those two teams and, you know, Colorado state was going to try to pound it. And then, you know, I know rice isn't winning a bunch of games, but they're going to be a good football team and they have some challenging schemes. Um, I think they've had kind of a gauntlet of, of offensive schematics to deal with. And I think they're starting to settle down and, and, kind of playing their rules and not having to start from the beginning each week. You know, things are there's some carryover. And, guys, the, the comfort level, I think, is is at a higher level. And, you know, when they're comfortable and they know what they're doing, they're going to play better.
2: Yeah. You and you and BYU head coach Kalani Satake share a similar experience of coaching at your alma mater. What are some of the unique benefits and challenges that go into coaching at a place where you played and went to school as well?
10: Um, for me, it's just – you know this this place and this state really changed my trajectory of life and i felt like it was almost my responsibility to come back and and give back uh and pay pay everyone back for for what they did for me um it, it is different um like like i said before i wasn't going out you know i wasn't at kinkos every week in November, trying to get a head coaching job. You know, I'd, I I like coaching football. I like coaching offense. I wasn't dying to be a head coach, but um, you know, th- this opportunity and and I thought the timing was right. And I wasn't I was only going to take the job if I felt like, you know, I could do the job. And um, I think that helped me, not just jumping for for any opportunity or, you know, chasing money because this is it's not what it's really about at Hawaii. It's it's something spiritual almost.
2: University of Hawaii head coach Nick Rolovich joining us here on the pregame show. We'll we'll get you out on this, coach. You look at this BYU-Hawaii game, maybe not as, as far as quantity of games and a rivalry, but there's definitely a rivalry there between BYU and Hawaii. What does this game mean to the Hawaii team?
10: Well, I, I think for, for our fan base, it's one of the most looked forward games um, just because of some of the great games of the past, whether it was late eighties or or the run, you know, you know, that Lavelle dragged us through in the eighties or you know, all those that, that drought, I mean there's there's just a lot of emotion, a lot of memories, a lot of a lot of painful games that BYU, you know, put on Hawaii and then when we finally won one I think it was um I think it was '88, maybe or '89, and and you know people people on those teams are still remembered because they finally beat BYU. So I, I'm not sure what it means to the Cougars and the Cougar fans, but I know it's it's a very important um, game on the schedule for for our fan base and our program.
2: Well, Coach, thanks so much for your time, and here's to hoping for a really fun and exciting game on Saturday. That would be good. I appreciate the time. There you go, Hawaii head coach Nick Rolovich there as he joins us on Cougar Pre-Game Live. We'll get to the scoreboard segment coming up in just a second. Also a reminder, as as we get ready for game time, Zach Wilson will make the start tonight as a freshman youngest quarterback ever to start for BYU. That's coming up as BYU hosts Hawaii on homecoming night. When we come back, we'll look at some other action in college football and a couple scores around Cougar Nation as well. This is Cougar Pre-Game Live on the
0: new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
2: Welcome in. It is the final segment of Cougar Pregame Live. I'm Ben Bagley, and let's get you caught up on some other scores, some finals from the top 25 of college football today, an upset in the SEC in a matchup of top 25 teams as 13th-ranked LSU beats down the Georgia Bulldogs 36-16. to The Bayou Bengals shut out Georgia in the first half going in with a 16-nil halftime lead. Michigan State upsets 8th-ranked Penn State 21-17. The 7th-ranked Washington Huskies fall to the 17th-ranked Oregon Ducks 30-27. That was an overtime game. Saw the Ducks get the win over the Huskies in OT. 10th-ranked UCF wins their 16th game in a row with a close 31-30 win over Memphis. Ninth-ranked Texas moves to 6-1 on the season with a 23-17 win over Baylor. Fifth-ranked Notre Dame overcomes an early deficit to beat Pitt 19-14. Thirteenth-ranked Ohio State remains undefeated on the season, beating Minnesota 30-14. Other games in action in the top 25. We'll give you some more of those scores coming up at halftime. But a look at some scores around Nation. Cougar Nation soccer fell in malibu to pepperdine 21 or 22 to 1 excuse me bella felina with the lone goal for the cougars in that game and top drink boe women's volleyball squad swept santa clara in three sets today to remain undefeated kennedy eschenberg with that leads the cougars with 10 kills in that match now time for some keys to the game and i've got two keys and one of them is well we've talked about it earlier with Greg Rebel. bYU's got to get out to a fast start Score early in the game, and got to keep pace and keep ahead of that Hawaii offense. Can't play from behind if you're Kalani Satake and the BYU Cougars tonight, or this game could get away. Yeah, that's right. Hawaii puts points on the board, and the defense is going to step up tonight. And the other thing is on the defense, the second key to the game is getting pressure on Cole McDonald, as we talked about with Mitch Juergens. That doesn't mean sacking him. That means just making sure he's aware that the defense is bringing the pressure. Get some hands in his faces. The run-and-shoot offense is designed to get the ball out quick. You're not going to see a lot of long passes downfield. You're going to see some short, quick passes the defense has still got to get some blitzes and some pressure. And Kalani Satake mentioned earlier this week that will be one of the keys that they're focusing on as they get ready for this game. And also news to be news to be heard out there is Zach Wilson getting the start for the BYU Cougars. Greg Rebell will have more of that coming up with Mark Lyons. And that's a wrap for Cougar Pregame game Live. Coming up next, it's the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame game Coaches Show with Greg Rebell and Kalani Sataki. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: It's time to get head coach Kalani Sataki's thoughts on today's game. It's the Cougar pregame coaching show presented by Zions Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Let's join Mark Lyons and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
1: Good evening, Cougar football fans, and welcome inside Lovell Edwards Stadium, where change is in the air, a change of the seasons, a change in the wind, It's windy bringing in a cold front tonight and a change at quarterback. The second half of the season begins with BYU going to its second signal caller. Freshman Zach Wilson ready to take the reins and hopefully a jump start offense that needs a shot in the arm with one of the most prolific offenses in college football paying a visit to Provo. It is BYU and Hawaii. and The renewal of a rivalry that ramped up in the days of the wild, wild whack. I'm Greg Rubel, and I'll have your play-by-play call tonight. Joined as always... I'm a broadcast partner and good friend, the former BYU QB, the Arvada Flash himself, the legendary Mark Lyons. And, Mark, it's interesting that uh, with one of the top gunslingers coming in in Hawaii's Cole McDonald, BYU is this week turning to a player whose natural skill set is very much uh, that of a playmaker. Zach Wilson can sling it. He can also run it. And however he gets it done, BYU needs to find a way to make more and bigger plays. And the conclusion is that the freshman will give the Cougars the best chance to do just that. Not that he can solve every problem on this team right now, but Zach Wilson showed us in camp and again late last week that uh, he could be the breath of life this offense needs right now.
3: Well, it's been a long, tough week, Greg. Uh, In fact, I'm going to say Greg, my boy, (laughs) waiting for this next game following that tough loss last Friday. You know, unfortunately, there are some problems that need to be fixed. BYU's looking for a change of quarterback to maybe... Charge up the offense, and and uh, so Zach Wilson comes with some creds. He threw for twenty nine hundred and eighty six yards, almost three thousand yards in his last year in high school. Twenty four touchdowns. Corner Canyon was eleven and one. They lost the uh, one game in the tournament, and uh, he ran for seven hundred and fifty two yards. He had four games that he ran for more than a hundred yards. Now, I used to feel that freshmen weren't ready to play the college game. It was just uh, everyone was bigger and faster, and it was more complicated, and I had this attitude that freshmen can't play. But today's freshmen, they go to camps all over the country. They're better prepared to step in and play. You And a good example of that, of course, Greg, is last year's college championship game when Alabama and Clemson both had freshman quarterbacks to finish the game. Now, BYU's in its seventh game. Everybody's been playing all season long, so you got to be ready to step in and play by the time you get to halfway through the season. I'm excited to see the turnaround that BYU is going to make and uh, I just think that uh, it's game day. It's a cool fall evening out there. Those high-flying rainbows have come to the mountain. I can't wait to see this matchup, the strategies these two teams are going to use tonight. Greg, my boy, what a great day for a football game.
1: Coming up next, we'll hear from BYU head coach Kalani Sitake on his personnel plans for tonight, including that change at quarterback as the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show continues live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: It's time to hear from the coach of the Cougars. The Cougar pregame coaches show continues. Here once again is the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
1: Well, for the 31st time, but only the 10th time here in Provo, it's BYU and Hawaii. The Cougars have won 22 of the previous 30 meetings, including all nine get-togethers at home. BYU has won the last four in the series and 10 of the last 11 overall. And while BYU is a solid favorite tonight, it's a curious line uh, with the Cougars struggling to score and Hawaii running and gunning in the run and shoot. If BYU is to win tonight, it may be in a high-flying fashion. We shall see. To that end, BYU is ready to make a significant change to its offense, benching senior Tanner Mangum in favor of true freshman Zach Wilson. That's been the speculation all week. And in our pregame interview brought to you by Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. I asked Kalani Satake, who his starting quarterback will be tonight.
6: Zach Wilson will be starting for us tonight, and um, you know we're excited about him, and we'll see what he can do with this offense. They had a great competition this week, and I uh, hope we can start fast as an offense, start fast as a team, and get this thing going.
1: What are some things that went into your decision uh, at quarterback?
6: Um, the competition's been going for a while, uh, all season long, and, and we felt like this was the right time that he earned his uh, position right now, and so uh, we're going to let him go with it, and that's... Um, We've done that in every position uh, on the team and, um, you know, c- keep competing every week. And, and that's how I think that's how we have to do it here.
1: What are the things he does particularly well that you think will make your team better and harder to defend?
6: Well, he's a freshman, so um, I think he' a little bit naive, but that also can work in our favor. You know what I mean? So uh, he has a lot of confidence in his throwing ability, but he can also run. And um, I think he has a, a better grasp on the, on the offensive concept and schemes. Uh, with the extra time that he's had in practice and so I think that's going to help him out uh, this week
1: A few freshmen have started at quarterback at BYU but he'd be the youngest by chronological age. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about him is older than his age right now?
6: Well, He's just been pre- prepared as a quarterback for a long time and, and uh, he's had some great mentors along the way from his high school coach to his father to John Beck to a bunch of other guys that have been involved in coaching him and um, I know Aaron Roderick feels really comfortable with him. I do as a head coach and so does Grimes as an offense coordinator and um, uh, we'll see what he can do, but I, I think it's a it's a good time for him to take over and and, um, and you know p- provide us with a spark.
1: Comes down to more than just one guy, of course, but you hope that it uh, gives the offense a, a shot in the arm.
6: Yeah, and and you know it's it's um, we haven't played great as a team, and I don't think that's the the decision going with him was was predicated on that. But um, we won't we need to start fast, and we did some things differently this week to prepare for it. And, I feel a lot more comfortable now. Um, now that we've addressed some of the issues, and um, I think that we'll just have to play the game and, and have fun, and um, all our hard work during the week, and make sure that it transfers over this to this game. And I think the changes that we made should should provide that opportunity.
1: Whether you score first or score first possession, uh, getting out in front has meant so much for you guys since you've been here. Playing with the lead has uh, has been integral uh, to you guys winning games.
6: Yeah, I think just creating a momentum. That's that's going to be the key for us and. Uh, you know, regardless, we've, we've 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 seen adversity. We just need to respond to it better. And um, it's going to show sometime tonight and maybe show a couple times. But I think we just need to smash it in the mouth. And, and, and um, uh, we have experience dealing with that. And now we haven't dealt with it well the last couple weeks. Uh, now is an op- opportunity for us to, to get to it. But I think creating momentum, offense, defense, and special teams going to really help us out in, in getting this thing rolling. It doesn't really mean points. It's more just about... Creating some some kind of um, you know some kind of um, feeling and momentum to go into it.
1: How do you like the week of work your team gave you?
6: Great. I, the guys have always practiced hard. I think we practiced a little different this week and addressed some of our, our um, deficiencies from the last couple of weeks. And I think uh, I think we'll get it fixed. You know, it's just a matter of going out and executing. And what we're trying to do is play BYU style of football, meaning we're, we have to be physical. That's part of our game, whether it's offense, defense, or special teams. We have to be physical, and we have to hit, and we have to um, play fundamentally well and technique sound, and that's going to be the key discipline, and uh, making sure that we execute cleanly on all three phases.
1: UH looked a little different last week without Cole McDonald. He's back in there, of course, and with him, they're really humming right now as an offense.
6: Yeah, and we prepared for him from the very beginning, and um, I think he's the numbers don't lie. He he's very efficient, and he gets the ball to his receivers, and he, you know, even taking a week off, I think he's number two in the country still. So. Um, that shows how much of a, of, a, of a weapon he is for them. And, uh, you know, we have to disrupt him. And I think um, we have a great game plan. We talked a little bit earlier about uh, pressure and things like that. I think we have to really be careful on how and when we do that because he, he, he actually responds to pressure really well with that. It's like a mixture of run and shoot and air raid type of offense. And, and we have to be able to get our schemes um, in accordance to what uh, we can do to change up his timing and disrupt his, his throws.
1: John Reese is a guy you guys know pretty well.
6: Great young man, uh, dangerous, and we have to try to keep him uh, contained as much as possible. Um, but, you know, it's just an, when the game starts, it's just another guy that we have to compete against. Um, and then afterwards, we'll hug him and, and uh, care a lot about him and his family, but uh, just not in the time that we play the game.
1: You've got a, a bit of a gunslinger in there in, uh, in Zach Wilson tonight. Could this thing uh, turn into a shootout?
6: Yeah, as long as we get the more, the 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 better end of the points, I'll, I'll be happy with it. I, I don't really care what we do, um, whether it's run or pass, um, to get the ball rolling. I just get some points on the scoreboard, and that's going to be the key. And really, it's a matter of us making adjustments on both sides, offense and defense, and uh, making sure that we do our part. I think we'll, we'll have success.
1: Is the team mindful of being able to rally around a young kid at quarterback on a night like tonight?
6: Yeah, I think the, just that they're they're at the point now where um, they're really disappointed and embarrassed over the last couple weeks and we've had to get them to just clear it from their mind and start brand new and this is a new season for us and it just happens that we have a new quarterback and we have some other new bodies that are contributing to what we're going to get done even with some of the freshmen that are are redshirting, we can use them so there's a a little bit of life new life for it and uh, we'll see how how well it does for us in season two
1: no squally but diane gets back for you
6: yeah we're excited to have diane with us uh, he had a great week of practice. Unfortunately, Squally wasn't able to go. Um, but we have confidence in Lopini. Uh, Matt Hadley will play some running back as well. And then we have Riley Burt there in that group. And Tyner Algiers might, might make an appearance as a, as a
1: true freshman on the field for us at running back. All right, sounds good. Coach, uh, good luck against the Rainbow Warriors. We'll talk to you post game.
6: All right, let's have a good homecoming. Thanks.
1: All right, that is BYU head coach Kalani Sitake with Zach Wilson ready to get his first start at quarterback, the true freshman coming in as the youngest freshman to ever start at QB in BYU football history. Well, fans, title and escrow can be complicated. With over 50 years' experience in Utah, Provo Land Title has the expertise to navigate your buying, selling, or building project. Provo Land Title, making the complicated easier. Our preview of BYU in Hawaii continues right after this, live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: Let's head live to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Comfort Broadcast booth and join Mark Lyons and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
1: Good evening, Cougar Nation. And from Lavelle Stadium in Provo, we once again welcome you to another night of Cougar football. 3-3 three and three, BYU home to 6-1 Hawaii. The Rainbow Warriors one win away from bowl eligibility. BYU three wins away with six games to play. I'm Greg Rubel with Mark Lyons here in the booth with our teammates, on-site engineer Barry Squires, statistician Ralph Sokolowski, spotter McKay Perry, pregame halftime postgame host Ben Bagley sitting in for Jason Shepard, and down on the field, it's former BYU wide receiver, Mitchell Jurgens, Mitch reporting from the Zions Bank End Zone. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. The rest of our broadcast crew, BYU Radio engineer Sean Fay, coordinating producer Terry South, control board operator Nathan Israelson, along with broadcast intern Blake McMullen here in the booth, and intern Lindsay Peterson back in the BYU Radio studios. We are live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network, coast-to-coast via satellite on BYU Radio Sirius XM 143 in northern Utah, over the air on BYU Radio 89. 89- 9.1 FM, HD2, and KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM in Salt Lake City. We are also on BYU Sports Network affiliates in Utah and Idaho and globally at BYURadio.org and BYUCougars.com slash live radio. We're also on multiple apps, including the BYU Radio and BYU Cougars apps, and if you're at the stadium, the new BYU Game Day app. Also, our broadcast audio archives are available quarter by quarter, break free at BYUradio.org and on the BYU football podcast. Now, fans, the roll call you just heard is something I heard Paul James do during every BYU football broadcast. I picked that up from PJ, just like I did everything else he did when it comes to preparation and play-by-play. Indeed, every broadcast habit and routine that I employ today, I learned from PJ back in the day. Truly, I would not be where I am talking to you now were it not for Paul James who passed away one week ago today. Mark, I was honored to serve on Paul's radio crew with you for the final (laughs) nine seasons of PJ's tenure as the voice of the Cougars. You were fortunate enough to spend even more time with him, and like me, you've been recalling and sharing memories of him over this past week as we tonight call a game together for the first time since Paul's passing. What could you tell Cougar Nation about what uh, it meant to know and work with the great Paul James?
3: He was great, Greg. Uh, Paul and I came to BYU the same year, in 1965. He was the broadcaster, just starting his career here at BYU, and I was the player. Paul traveled with the team in those days, and it was a lot of fun. He would do card games and tricks and magic tricks on the plane, and... So then in 1980, when I had an opportunity to move into the booth, when uh, I got to be the color guy working with Paul, I learned a whole new side of Paul James. And I just found out how talented he was at so many different things. He's a great artist, a thespian. He self-taught himself how to play the piano. He's a master bridge player. He's a tournament tennis player. He was a voracious reader and even an author. He wrote a book. So, uh, you know... One of the things Paul liked to do, just as an example of his broadcasting, he'd often count down some player's yardage before he was going to set a record. And people kind of got bothered by it, but he was 12 yards away from the most yards ever caught by a receiver, six yards away. He needs two more yards. (laughs) So I asked him about it, and he said, he's about to do something that nobody else has ever done, and I want him to get the proper recognition deserve for such an accomplishment and so really it wasn't his broadcast he was just drawing attention to that guy Paul was a great one I appreciate so much how he taught me and gave me this chance to continue to be a part of BYU football
1: well here at Lavella Bridge Stadium fans in attendance are soon uh, going to see and hear a tribute to Paul James but in the minute we have before that I think I'd like to turn some time over to Ralph Sokolowski, who's normally a silent partner in this enterprise, but uh, the mic belongs to Ralph now.
11: Thanks, Greg, for letting me express a few thoughts. Um, First of all, I would like to state my deep sorrow when I heard of Paul's passing and extend my condolences to his family. I became a BYU student in 1966, which was PGA's uh, second season as the voice of the Cougars. I listened to his broadcast for 15 years before I had a chance to meet him. Uh, Thanks to Ralph Sobell I was doing stats for BYU football and basketball games for visiting radio in 1979. And then I started sending PJ BYU trivia and stats. Uh, That was back in the days before the Internet. I'd send them (laughs) handwritten letters. Um, And I was doing stats for a visiting radio station for a football game. At halftime, I went next door to introduce myself to him. And his first words were, so you're the trivia nut. Uh, the next season, '82, he asked me to be his stats man. He was so great to work with, uh, and as you know, he was also the sports director for KSL TV. I remember one time, about five minutes before uh, the 6 p.m. when the news broadcast was about to start, he called me to verify a stat he wanted to use in his broadcast.
1: Ralph, I, I, I do want you to finish this story, and you're going to. Let's join the PA announcer, Trey Seddington, here me. at Lavella Stadium for the Paul the James DJ's Tribute.
3: Memory. We ask that you join us in a moment
10: of silence.
0: Thank you. Tonight's George Q. Cannon honoree is Colonel
11: John Mark Maddox. He served as a field artillery officer. All right, Ralph, uh, carry on. Well, um, he and I uh, shared a love for BYU stats, and uh, I was honored to be able to sit next to him and assist him for 18 years. I was further honored when he asked me to provide a chapter on BYU stats and trivia in the second edition of his book, Cougar Tales. I'll be forever grateful that I was able to associate with him. I'll miss him, and I appreciate the opportunity to express a few words, Greg. Thanks a lot.
1: No, thank you, Ralph. And I'm sorry we uh, interrupted you midway for that moment of silence, but I thought it was important that our audience get that, and so uh, thanks for indulging us with that. And that's that man Ralph Sokolowski, uh, a person whose uh, tenure with PJ lasted as long as anyone's on this radio crew, and uh, we're Glad that Ralph was able to take a few minutes and uh, share his reminiscences and a tribute to our friend and the 35-year voice of the Cougars. Paul James.
3: Commonly referred to as the stats nut.
1: So (laughs) you're that guy. All right, uh, we'll take a break. More of the Cougar Kickoff Show is coming up after the break and after this reminder that this season, BYU football and Mountain America Credit Union are changing lives. For each field goal BYU makes, Mountain America will donate $500 to the American Red Cross to help fund humanitarian services and programs. Our BYU football coverage continues live from Provo on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: The Cougar kickoff show continues. Let's head back to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Comfort broadcast booth with Mark Lyons and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
1: Welcome back to the Lavella Bridge Stadium. Tonight we've got to BYU and Hawaii, one of the nation's most high-powered offenses, visiting a team seeking a spark on the offensive side of the ball. And Mark Kalani hopes that the fire starter is... Freshman Zach Wilson, it's a lot to ask from a first-year player and a kid who would be the youngest starter and will be the youngest starter in BYU football history at quarterback. But beyond the change at QB, what else has to happen for BYU to get back on track offensively beyond uh, beyond yeah. just Zach Wilson?
3: Yeah, I think the run game just has to get back to where it was. You know, when BYU ran for 191 against Wisconsin, 161 against McNeese State, and they were only running... 34 yards against Washington, and 6 yards was the longest run in the game. That's just crazy. 39 yards against Utah State. So BYU wants to be a drive-possession kind of team. They have to get back to the rush. Another reason that the rush will help them tonight is it takes a little pressure off of Zach Wilson and allows him to be able to make first downs by running the football. And so I think that's an important thing. The offensive line, I love those guys. They work hard every day at practice. And I think that they have to be good tonight. Hawaii's had 19 sacks, 10 in the last two weeks. So I think they have to protect Zach Wilson. And the receivers have got to go out and start getting open and catching all the football. I'm talking about catching all the football. Catch them all. Yeah, and so uh, when they start throwing it out there to you, you go catch it. So I think those are critical things that we've talked about quite a few times that have to get better for BYU.
1: As long as Zach just throws one at a time, they'll have a better <laughs> chance of catching all the footballs, That's I think. Right. You know, if you got a bunch in the air at the same time, the chances go down, I think, yeah. a little bit. it will uh, be
3: a YouTube thing.
1: Yeah, time for a break uh, and time for You Be the Judge, brought to you by Legally Mine. Legally Mine equals asset protection. Go to LegallyMineUSA.com to learn what you can do to stop lawsuits dead in their tracks. Here's tonight's football rules scenario. An airborne receiver grasps a forward pass and in the process of going to the ground, first contacts the ground with his left foot in bounds as he falls to the ground out of bounds. Immediately upon hitting the ground out of bounds, the ball comes loose, but the receiver does not let the ball hit the ground before regaining control. Is this a completed pass? The answer coming up as the Cougar Kickoff Show continues from Lavalle Edwards Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Getting you
0: geared up for game time, this is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Now back to Mark Lyons and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
1: Welcome back inside Lovell Edwards Stadium, BYU and Hawaii. Coming up, first up, the answer in today's NCAA football rules question, and you be the judge, brought to you by Legally Mind. Here was the scenario. An airborne receiver grasps a forward pass and in the process of going to the ground, first contacts the ground with his left foot inbounds as he falls to the ground out of bounds immediately upon hitting the ground out of bounds the ball comes loose but the receiver does not let the ball hit the ground before regaining control is this a completed pass and the ruling is no it's an incomplete pass regardless of whether or not the ball hits the ground because the receiver is already out of bounds if the receiver is in bounds and is going to the ground and loses control. As long as the player remains inbounds and the ball never touches the ground, it is a completed pass. You be the judge, presented by Legally Mine. Mark, when the BYU and Hawaii last got together, both teams were ending subpar seasons. It was November of last year. Yeah. BYU visited Honolulu. They were 3-9, the Cougars were. Hawaii was 3-8. BYU won the game 30-20, to 20, but nobody was happy. And both head coaches set about making changes. Kalani Sitake let go almost his entire offensive staff, while Nick Rolovich jettisoned his entire offense. The style, at least. He reverted to the old run and shoot. And so far, Hawaii's changes have borne fruit. The Rainbow Warriors lighting it up with one of the top offenses in the FBS. And, Mark, from last year's meeting to today's, there are hardly any of the same players on the field for Hawaii. (laughs) It was an extreme makeover and a very successful one so far.
3: Well, they've gone to that run and shoot. And, uh, you know, that was the same offense that head coach Nick Rolovich, quarterback, when he was playing at Hawaii in 2000, 2001, and they were lighting it up. And the, the same thing has happened. Cole McDonald has been a great leading. This offense, and I just watch him in pregame, and man, he just throws so quick and on time, and every ball is right in the numbers. I'm very impressed. He has a very quick release, so it's hard to pressure him. It keeps defenses off balance, and he's also a good runner, even though he rarely does so. They're a very young team playing four senior starters, but they have three freshman starters, and they play a lot of young kids, so uh, it's been a good blend for him, and they've got the right people. Those receivers... Are terrific.
1: We didn't see John Ursua last year because he tore an ACL and was out by the time BYU played him, but he's back and looking great. 12 receiving and one rushing touchdown for a total of 13 touchdowns in seven games. He's a kid that, uh, again, this coaching staff knows very, very well. Once upon a time, verbally committed to BYU, and Bronco was the head coach here. <laughs> Didn't work out that way. Coming up, we'll hear from sideline reporter Mitchell Jurgens as our pregame coverage of BYU and Hawaii continues live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Let's get back to Mark Lyons and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
1: All right, the BYU and Hawaii straight ahead. UH looking for its first ever win in Provo and its first win on grass since defeating New Mexico State in Las Cruces back in 2010. Now, of course, they play on artificial turf at Honolulu, and most of the WAC schools these are Mountain West schools these days. are artificial turf uh, institutions, but still, it's been a long time yeah. since they won on the real stuff, and that's here at the Lavella Stadium, of course. Mark, it is a 60-minute game. But uh, BYU's got to get the first 15 minutes figured out. Uh, The Cougars have been outscored 38-7 in the first quarter of this season. And over the last 10 games, they've scored only twice in a first quarter. Touchdown at Wisconsin this year and touchdown at Hawaii last year. And we know how well BYU plays when they just get in front. But, man, it's been a struggle to get out in front, especially in the first 15 minutes.
3: It's really hard to understand, I think, Greg. Uh, BYU probably feels it isn't scoring enough points period in a game, period, let alone in the first period. So BYU uh, does score the most points that they score in the second and third quarters in 48 and 47 points. And so it takes them a while to kind of get warmed up. Their Their offense is geared to make first down, first down, first down, and they just aren't consistent enough to put drives together early in the game. So I wouldn't be surprised to see if BYU comes out and throws a long ball with Zach Wilson to try and loosen up Hawaii's defense, get them to back off and also get him involved in the game really early, so uh, it's important that BYU stays with them in this scoring run and shoot offense.
1: Well, it's interesting that Hawaii, Mark, has started with the ball six of seven times this year. Yeah, and uh, and and they, the the one coin toss they won, they elected to receive, so they clearly want the offense on the field. BYU has won 16 coin tosses and lost 16 coin tosses in the Satake era. In the 16 tosses they've won, they've deferred, deferred every time. So they've never chosen to have the football. They, get, they receive it when the other team defers. So but, but when they've when they, when they won the toss, they've never chosen to get, uh, put themselves on offense. So is the
3: strategy that you are trying to uh, know more about the game and start with the ball in the third quarter?
1: I, well, the BYU's only taken the ball to start the game one time this year, right? That was the Cal game. And they uh, turned it over on downs after a promising drive, oh, as I yeah, remember. Yeah, yeah they, they yeah. got into Cal territory and ended up uh, turning it over on downs. Time to bring in Mitchell Jurgens now from the Zions Bank end zone. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. And, Mitch, uh, you've seen Tanner Mangum from his freshman season now through to his senior season. And you've seen Zach Wilson show promise as a true freshman. You have an interesting perspective then on today's quarterback change. Your thoughts on what Kalani is doing and going away from the senior and bringing in the kid. Yeah, Greg, it's a little bittersweet because I, I know Tanner on a personal level and
9: absolutely loved playing with him in my, you know, two-year span with him. And honestly, his—I think he's played well this season um, with what he's been asked to do by the coaches. Um, He's managed the offense really well, and in my opinion, he's he's made some good throws, but unfortunately uh, wasn't helped out too much with uh, some drop balls by the receivers. um, Also with the defense, you know, not helping out in the win and loss column. Um, But with the struggling BYU run game that uh, opposing teams, you know, are able to look at and then take advantage of and key in on Tanner in his past game, changing to Zach Wilson, a dual threat quarterback is something that can provide a spark for this team and potentially be what BYU needs to get the offense rolling again. Uh, And to Zach's credit, I've been very impressed with what I've seen so far in practices and fall camp, his ability to sling the deep ball and squeeze bullets into tight windows. Coupled with his confidence and swagger to lead this team as a 19-year-old freshman
1: is impressive. So I'm ex- excited to see what he does tonight. Now, Mitch, because you know Tanner pretty well and he's still a team captain, what do you expect from Tanner uh, in terms of taking this decision and moving forward with it? Yeah, Tanner is a guy who puts the team first you know
9: the reason why I've always wanted him to succeed in the quarterback position is because that's what he wants for the team he just wants the team to succeed and win and so I expect Tanner to be a cheerleader on the sideline um, in Zach's ear giving him tips on on how to read the defenses a little better sharing his insight on what it takes to be a quarterback at in a division one football game Um, so I expect him to be a big part of this
1: season for the rest of the year Mitch, thank you. Good stuff. That's Mitchell Juergens in the Zions Bank end zone. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll have Marks, Ken Garf, Keys to the game and the opening kickoff. This has been the Cougar kickoff show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.